Welcome to Sample Size. My name is Noelle, and I'm here with my co-host, Tone. That's me. And we're your one-size-fits-all podcast for fashion history, cultural impact, and current trends. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Megan Thee Stallion's Harper's Bazaar cover, as well as taking a look at Kanye's style influence on his soon-to-be former wife. Then we'll close it out by discussing what went wrong with Rihanna's luxury brand, Fenty, after fashion giant LVMH announced that they would be halting production. We have a jam-packed episode, and we're sure that you'll enjoy it. Hey, 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 Noel. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to get back in the studio for episode two. All right. How's your day so far? <sighs> um, decent. I've been trying to be on my content creator, being consistent with that. Oh, so, so you've been working today, huh? Yeah, pretty much just spent uh, this morning recording, taking pictures, da 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 da, working on brand pitches. So pretty productive. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah. How's the last two weeks been? What have people been saying? What has happened in the last two weeks? So we dropped episode one. Of course, of course. And the reaction to that was really, really amazing. Like, we got some amazing feedback and really positive support from our friends and family. So thank you so much for that. Nah, for, for real, for real. Um, I was I wouldn't say I was overwhelmed, but I was overwhelmed with all the support that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I thought people were going to be talking shit to my face, but even if y'all mm-hmm. did, I wouldn't mind it. But, um, yeah, it was just like, it was. I'm just grateful for everybody that reached out and said something that they either hate or they hate or love. Man, it, it means so much to me, you know. I tell my friends, like, yeah, just tell me how you feel, be real, and that way I can learn and I can build from it. Because, like we said, like, this is just the beginning for us. This is the second episode. So, there's so much that has potential to change, mm-hmm. so much to stay, what works. And, you know, we got, and the only way we can know is working if we get feedback from y'all. Right. Is there anything specifically that you, like, you, anybody was talking about? Yeah, so I think going forward, what we're going to do is, like, if there's any interesting comments mm-hmm. or feedback or even corrections that you guys have, we're going to try to go over those. Or funny game. comments, too. Like or if fun- you, it could yeah. be just be Like, if you, if you guys are listening to the podcast and you, you tweet something jokes. funny, yeah, you know me. I yeah. like to kiki with y'all. Y'all know I'm a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the biggest te- takeaways from episode one was the discussion about influencers and kind of the relationship that they have with their audiences especially when it comes to buying knockoffs or items that are being sold by like aliexpress that are Mm -hmm. made by small designers Mm -hmm. um and a point was brought up that like a lot of the times even if an influencer is wearing an item from like a small brand their audience is not in that uh price range so Mm. if their audience purchases a replica piece from aliexpress you know the sentiment was kind of like well what's the harm because the person in the audience wasn't in that price point anyway so it's not like the business is um or the brand is losing business while i agree and i i am definitely one of those people who believes like if you want to wear dupes then that's your business. Like just to make sure dupe stands for duplicates, right? Yeah, duplicates. Okay, exactly. Make sure, you know, I, I'm no not shame cool. in your, I'm no not, I'm not in with the cool guy lingo. No, I mean like <laughs> if you log if you log on to AliExpress, you'll mm-hmm. see like dupes galore. Mm-hmm. So that I understand like people want uh people want style and mm-hmm. it doesn't come at a certain price point, which is fine. Mm-hmm. The the issue comes when not like so, for example, like we fun. mentioned, Fashion Nova tends to steal from small designers mm-hmm. as opposed to AliExpress. AliExpress will steal from everyone. Um, and the issue is that a lot of the small designers that uh, Fashion Nova has started stealing from 
aren't necessarily in like the super high-end range like there's a brand actually you damned me about this uh it's called kai collective oh, right, right. where they actually place a trademark on one of their patterns yeah, so that interesting to watch too yeah so that boohoo uh Boohoo, everyone knows what Boohoo is. It's yeah. a, the UK brace. Basically brace Fashion Nova. Yeah, UK Fashion Nova, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Um, they uh, produced a shirt that had the trademarked uh, like pattern brand. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Kai Collective is actually going through and uh, enacting a lawsuit against Boohoo. Mm-hmm. To, I hope they get their coins. I hope they get their coins. They absolutely deserve it. But my point is Kai Collective is not at a price point where people who shop at Boohoo can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a little bit more affordable. I mean, affordable. Not that. It's a little bit more expensive than fast fashion, obviously, because it is a small black-owned brand. They don't have the infrastructure of Fashion Nova, so they can't, you know, throw a product out there at $20. It's right. not going to be profitable to them. Mm-hmm. But it isn't an expensive shirt. The, mm-hmm. the shirt retails for, like, $70, mm-hmm. which... I'm 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 aware I'm coming from a privileged pace in saying yeah. that that's not expensive, but in the grand scheme of things, that is not expensive for an original idea or an original garment. So yes, you kind of still are hurting these brands, especially the ones that don't have industry backing when you buy knockoffs. But then again, no shame in my game. I'm not right. personally shaming anyone. Can you allow purchasing. me to play devil's advocate? I know the devil doesn't go need ahead. an advocate. Go ahead. Go ahead. But the price point you just said was, you know, twenty to seventy dollars. That's a fifty mm-hmm. point. That's a fifty dollar difference. Yeah. So if I'm Mr. Affordable over here, right? What makes why? Can you make the case why I should, you know, go for that seventy dollars shirt so versus the twenty dollars shirt? People who absolutely cannot afford a seventy dollars shirt, like I said. Buy the knockoff. If mm. it makes you feel good, go for it. Right. But even in then, you should be aware that like this idea has come from original brand. Right. No one's saying wear the knockoff and tag the original brand, but mm. you should be aware that the intellectual property and the thought and the effort comes from that smaller brand. But I will say there is a lot of overlap between, for example, people who will shop at a ASOS or mm. a Zara and, or even a boohoo, and people who can spend seventy five dollars on a right, shirt. Right, right. I believe it. I'm, you so know. obviously, I'm not talking about people who are in those extreme instances where mm-hmm. they cannot spare those fifty dollars. I'm talking about the people who have a little bit of income to play around with. Of course, like of if you course. can, if it is in within your means to buy the original piece from you know the actual artist, then you should try to do that. That's oh, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm you know I'm just bullshitting. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's a valid question. <laughs> it's nah, a valid nah, question. Nah, definitely. Um. Yeah. Like pretty much, I agree with everything you said. Um. Look, as a creative, I don't want my ideas stolen from me in any domain, regardless if it's clothes, um, photos, right. if it's video, you know. Um, and fashion, like we talked about in the last episode, is is a, is a world where you know it's not it's hard to patent a lot of stuff unless it's like mm-hmm. truly uh, print or something along those lines. So, like I said, the biggest the biggest way to fix this is that we, there there's laws that protect the designers outside mm-hmm. of like print. Just you know. If if you can make the case in court that the ideas are the two prints are, or the two dresses are similar, then that should be protected. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be no shit where it's like, oh, it's clearly the same, but because the law is like, oh, I mean, what can and we do? And in the case where like a mm-hmm. uh, like a knockoff company is literally advertising using the image of someone wearing the original piece, it should be a pretty like simple legal battle if someone is like literally advertising their product with someone else's imagery Mm -hmm. so hopefully going forward you know these trademark laws will be um 
a little bit more advanced to support small designers, but obviously, you know, that's kind of difficult to implement overseas and stuff. But yeah, I see, I see. we shall see. We'll yeah. see how this Boho Kai Collective suit goes. I really yeah. hope they get their bread. But before we even got off tangent, the whole point is just make sure y'all 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 sending y'all feedbacks to either co- um is what's the email again? Um, contact at oh, yeah, samplesizepod.com. Yeah. If you didn't hear that, contact at samplesizepod.com. Mm. And then uh or our social I think it's podcast. Man, we should probably get the we should probably know our social. <laughs> We're gonna put it in the show notes for this definitely. But um make sure that um you're aware of that we do have channels where you can definitely, you know, write in, talk to us about how you felt about the episode. And, you know, moving forward, we might even, you know, have a clubhouse room or something. You know, we don't, we're working on it and we'll definitely share the details. Yes, definitely. All right, Noel. So what's the first thing we're going to be talking about in this first episode? So today we are going to go over some recent fashion news and then we're going to do a deep dive into the Fenty Empire. Okay. What's the first topic? So, first topic, Megan the Stallion's Harper. Oh, okay. Harper's. <laughs> Harper's Bazaar. Harper's Bazaar. I believe that's how you pronounce Harper's Bazaar. Miss Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. to you. But, um, okay, just let's get into it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> okay, so Megan's Harper's Bazaar cover came out this mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, Friday. 2021 to mm-hmm. date it. And there was a lot of backlash on social media because it was a very um, minimalist and like stripped down photo shoot. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were extremely critical of the lighting Mm -hmm. um, and the styling. And just overall, it just didn't seem like the energy and vibe of the shoot matched our favorite hot girl coach. That's one. That's one way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to bring this up because you are a photographer, mm-hmm. so you deal with issues of editing and image building all of the time. So I definitely wanted to get your take on how you felt mm-hmm. about Miss Hot Girl Summer's portrayal. Okay. First, I want to preface this conversation by saying I heard like a lot of chit chat around this um, topic was. They brought a way to put it to like race and stuff. Right. I don't necessarily believe that it is race related. Uh, okay. Of course, definitely if you're um, a creative. So what, what was what were what were people's arguments like? What were the the race card? What was the race card that was being played? It was just that people were saying, um, just that you know th- this wouldn't happen on the hands of a, a black create. Uh, I guess photographer in a sense because the CD was was Hopper's Bazaar was black, so um. It, uh, and that's the thing. It wasn't really any valid uh, arguments, right? Like, yes, I, I'm, I'm a proponent for saying if if you have black talent, definitely get a black um, photographer or a creative mm-hmm. de- creative designer. All those um, bar, all those people behind the team should be black. But I don't think this was the case in this situation because it's it wasn't that this person had okay. So I believe the photographer name was Collier Shore. Yes. So the shoot was shot by Collier Shore, who is a queer white woman, and it was styled by Samira Nasir, who is a black woman, and she's also the editor in chief of Harper's Bazaar. Exactly. So it was some, you know, black influence, but I think this is just a a situation that just was the creative didn't match what was supposed to happen because if you um, if you look into the photographer. Um, her style is like this raw, 
like like it gave what the style that she usually gives like right. this is raw the photographer did what she exactly was paid so to it do. Was, exactly it wasn't like oh it was like they didn't know how to use lighting equipment it was just she she made that creative choice right now the question is does that creative choice align with the with Megan's the talent right and, and the then brand. that's where the issue comes to me we, between the um the creative director and not mm-hmm. and choosing the photographer because right. a photographer a photographer has their unique style right that's why you go to different people because they shoot different styles they they light different ways they right. like to highlight different things and in this case um i guess the the more like natural and unedited look, look they were um going for right didn't align with what i guess the fans thought of megan right you know we always want to see the people that we care about in their best light possible and in this case the best light that the photographer chose you know wasn't didn't yeah didn't align so i'm gonna read a clip from the actual interview because um basically in the interview megan talks about the styling and creative Mm -hmm. choices so She says, I'm realizing that I don't have to be in full glam every time you see me because I'm just getting more comfortable with myself and more comfortable with my skin, Megan says in the interview. I know that I'm a person that everybody looks to and they're like, oh, Megan, she's a confident woman. She's so strong, but you have to go through things to become that person. So from what I'm getting from the interview and then also the photographer's explanation in post um, was that they were intentionally going for a more softer look for Megan. Cause you know, usually we see Megan very high glam, very mm-hmm. fun, very sexy, very outgoing. And usually that's reflected in her photo shoots. And they wanted to do, they wanted to do something a little bit more subdued, um, which obviously conf- conflicts with her brand. But then I think on top of that, I don't think the correct talent was chosen for this project mm-hmm. because there's a way to do, soft Mm. and natural that isn't minimal right and they went for minimal i don't think they went for soft right so if there was uh, let me think what other photographers you think does like soft well because the only one i can reference like off the top of my head is like petra collins no yeah she does soft well but it's still like it still has like a air of color to me yeah so i don't think that unless that's fantasy yeah yeah there we go that's the word i was looking for fantasy i think dana shrugs I don't know if you're familiar. Dana Shrugs? Yeah, she's a Chicago-based photographer. She works with a lot of black... She's black herself, and okay. she works with a lot of black talent. I think her her, her style of photography is kind of soft, right. and it gives off that um, that ambience of, like, you know, it doesn't have to be... Ne- necessarily, everything needs to be glammed up. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a choice. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, you know, you've kind of put me on the spot to try to think of other photographers. <laughs> no, I didn't No, no, no. To. It's because there are photographers out there, but there are also photographers that, you know, they like to you know, do other things that I'm familiar with, you know. So so I think, like, ultimately, I just think it was a bad choice of choosing the photographer. Yeah. It's not necessarily the... Because the, the idea is there. It could have yeah. been done. It's the idea that, makes sense, and especially for Megan, who gets a lot of criticism right. for being kind of monotone in, like, her branding and her presentation and also her music. You know, people love to say, like, oh, what else do you do? Da, 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 da. So it makes sense that she's trying to show us a different side of her. I just wish it was executed better because, I, I don't know, I, I love Megan. Like, Megan is, like, my girl from, like, three, four years ago, like, SoundCloud so every time there's like a bump in the road with her branding, I like. And then for get me too, there's offended. a bigger issue because this continues a trend of like 
black talent on the covers and then the right. covers not giving what they're supposed to give. Um, more specifically, talking about the Kamala Harris um, Vogue cover, you know, that oh. <laughs> that everybody was like, what the heck was this? Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's like now magazines are trying to push for black talent on their covers more so. And, and when they're well, doing that- Well, that was that, shot by a black man as well. Exactly. But that's a, that's the thing. So it's not necessarily- it's not necessarily that is the black talent or like the black creative behind it. Right. It's, it's also the person that's in charge of the idea and the execution. Right. Like it doesn't matter who 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 shoots the person is how you're gonna execute it. And you know, and I'm pretty sure there's probably constraints that were put in each in each um set that you know probably they try to fight. And it just it is what it is. Um, at the end of the day, like she said, uh. Meg was involved with the styling. Meg yeah. was involved with like the the photo choices. So at the end of the day, it's, it's not like they chose the pictures behind. Um, well, Megan was Megan. Okay, so let me let me read what the photographer said because after it hit social media, obviously there was a huge backlash. People got to dragging quickly. So the photographer says, Colleen states that she had a most remarkable experience making these pictures with Megan The Stallion, who discussed each picture and edited afterwards with me basically taking the heat off of herself for the interesting edits while i don't really love what was done in the editing and how it was shot right my biggest issue was the styling mm -hmm. so again styled by a black woman who is the editor editor-in-chief of harper's bazaar but it kind of fell into that trap of when high fashion magazines have to style curvy bodies mm -hmm. they either go automatically one to a skin type bodysuit or like next to nude or do some type of oversized draping and that's like the only way they know how to style plus size bodies like for example lizzo falls into that a lot right until she started working with designers who are making her custom things most of these magazines were just putting her in a bodysuit and then like covering her with a robe and calling it a day. Mm. So while I understand Megan wanted a stripped back look and aesthetic, I do think the styling was extremely lazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to like just keep cutting ass, but yeah, overall it was a bad job. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> well, not even, a, we just, I guess the public didn't like the idea and that's what happens. You know, as a creative, you have this idea and you execute it and then, you know, you leave your opinion with the public and it, it can receive backlash. As long as you as a creative are proud of what you've done, I don't think you should let the public, like even in the, in the, in the, um, voice of artists backlash, right. if they're still proud of what they did and what they gave to the world, then the, all the power be to them. You know, I think I, Col Collier, mm -hmm. Collier is proud. I think Megan felt a little bit. Away. Why you say that? Because I spy with my detective eye a bit of Facetune on the pictures that she posted, as opposed to like the official releases. Mm -hmm. Me, my friend, friend of the pod, Jaden. Hi, Jaden. We clock that immediately. Mm -hmm. Like the pictures that she posts on her Instagram, and if you put them side by side with the Harper's Bazaar pictures, like it's there's some pinching and blurring and and re-editing the edit going on. Yeah, there. and they say that um, Megan chose the pictures but she probably yeah. thought that they were going to put a little she, bit more pizzazz on the pictures well, so that could I, be it honestly too. she might have loved the original edits and how raw they were mm -hmm. but that backlash probably got to her and i fucking would be upset too hundreds and thousands of people telling me that i look crazy or i look sleepy or they fucked me up hell yeah i'm whipping out facetune and pinching away too 
Yeah, like, I didn't even get to the post. I'm just thinking about the photo of my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was, there was, there's like a, it's a, it's a very subtle difference, right. but the experience I knows Facetune. Yeah. I mean, we're going to quickly forget about this. This is how social Absolutely. media works. So by tomorrow, it's going to be something that we're going to be complaining about. So I'm not even worried that much, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. You lose some, you win some, and this one she lost. So yeah, we're just praying for a better creative team for our girl for sure. Amen for that. Yeah. So next topic: Kim Kardashian mm. files for a divorce from husband Kanye West mm. after. I know a lot of people. How many were, years? Actually, I don't even know how the public feels about this. I feel like everyone knew it was coming. Not even that. I'm saying like some people were like. You know, people who are not fans of Kanye, like they don't mm-hmm. want to see her, see him with um, Kim. Lots are of happy. lots of outrage for really? some reason. Yeah, lots of outrage, and then lots of like "I told you so" <laughs> reactions. You which know, is, everybody loves a good "I told you so." so yeah, that was definitely coming. I expected that. So we're not a gossip podcast, so we're not gonna approach it from that angle. No, nah, that's not. So a- what I did want to talk about is Kanye West's influence on Kim Kardashian style Mm. because now that they're presumably divorced, separated, not going to be working or uh, cohabitating anymore, I'm very interested to see how Kim's style is going to evolve. No, it's going to change. I'm interested to see how the whole Kardashian style is going to... Yeah, Because the case could be made that Kanye allowed allow them to infiltrate the black community more easily in terms of like the stylistic choice that they choose. Well, okay, that's interesting because I I was going to say that Kanye has has not necessarily gave them like the black fashion pass, but he gave them legitimacy in the fashion world. Mm. So he I mean Kim Kardashian especially. So what I did was Wait, kind so of, remind me, you don't you don't think she had that much style in no. the beginning? Kim Kardashian before Kanye West was dressing like every early 2000s socialite, mm-hmm. like super tacky fur vest, slouchy jeans. Like she, she, uh, she didn't have a, she didn't have an image. She didn't have the look before mm-hmm. Kanye West. Kanye West truly developed that for her. And like I don't like saying like any man made a woman because at the end of the day, Kim Kardashian was gonna find a way to make that bank regardless. Chris Jenner was gonna find a way to make that bank regardless. But I think cultivating her as a style icon can definitely be attributed to Kanye. I mean, if you just look at the before and after, like even in comparison to other celebrities from the 2000s, there's nothing distinguished about Kim's style in the way that like she is the trendsetter now. Mm-hmm. I, now that you say that, I, I sort of do, if I'm recalling right, that might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, Kanye definitely did help make her a fashionista in a sense yeah so so it, so what do you think is going to happen moving forward then well before we go uh into the future mm. i just wanted to do like a rundown of like the different eras that kim and kanye had stylistically mm. because they had a fucking run yeah so in the beginning there was the Givenchy burberry era which mm. was very sleek very refined, extremely sexy. This is just when Kim is kind of reintroducing to herself as a public figure. She's wearing those Givenchy lock shark boots, which I think I talked about in the last episode. I'll probably talk about them every single episode. They're my favorite boot in the entire world. And she was very uh, known for like the nude lip and the dark hair and being Mm. this exotic, sexy figure. 
and then they went into the Balmain era. Uh, I think that was my favorite era. Yeah, that this is like um, either that or the Ma- they, did they have a Mason Margiela era? Kanye did. I wouldn't okay. say Kim did. I'm I'm talking about. So these are like eras that they both like had the same stylist. Yeah, okay. they 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 shared. So this was like when they went to the Met Gala, Kim was wearing that like super heavy embellished robe mm-hmm. and then Kanye was wearing the embellished jean jacket. Okay, yeah, that's the one I'm talking yeah. about. That's the with look with the that, contacts. With, yes. And he had like the um jean um what you call it, the cutout jeans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Yeah, so Mar- so That was my favorite. Kanye era. wore uh, a lot of Margella embellished masks on mm-hmm. tour. But that particular look was a uh, Balmain era. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was actually one of my favorite Met Gala looks for yeah, them. Yeah, I, I was about to say, that's that's definitely one that did it for me. Yeah. I also like the the Givenchy dress that she wore. She was pregnant the first time she got invited. Well, she didn't get invited to the Met Gala. She was Kanye's plus one. I forgot <laughs> what year it was, but she was wearing... No, I'm see- You're no, laughing. I'm not, I'm not you're laughing. laughing, but this, this no, is proof you, that Kanye you. was her ticket no, into no, the high I fashion get, it world. It was just funny how you said that. Because it's... she was famous for years and years and years, and Anna was like, I don't know that bitch. Right. She didn't get in until Kanye invited her. Right, so right. <laughs> the facts are the facts. Kim stands, you can come for me, but the facts are the facts. She wore that Givenchy dress. It was like a floral print. She was pregnant, and it had the gloves, and mm. people dragged her for I looking remember, like I remember, a bouquet. Yeah. But I thought it was really kind. It was really fucking cute, and it was styled by Kanye, of course. Um, another era was the Yeezy era. So remember, you actually cited like you're one of your favorite fashion yeah. moments was the Madison Square Garden concert album rollout thing. And this was actually one of my favorite eras as a Kanye fan, but one of my least favorite fashion eras for Kim. I think this was an example of him kind of. I think she was just supporting him as a wife. She was supporting him. Yeah. She was supporting her husband, but. It was kind of like previously he styled around her vision and this was an instance of him styling his vision on her. Mm -hmm. Because like Kim was never, to me, Kim is a glamour girl. Kim is not a fashion girl. Right, But he was trying to make her into a fashion girl. I agree. And there is like a very like fine line Mm -hmm. and I think Kim walks it very well, but I think that kind of era was a miss. It looked great on the younger uh, Jenner siblings though and now Kim is kind of like an archive queen like Kanye has pulled some crazy fucking pieces for her like all of the you know the notable runway shows Kim has pieces for them from them uh, some of them being my favorite possibly ever is the Alexander McQueen oyster dress I don't remember what she wore this to, but I'm sure you've seen it. It was like kind of almost like she looked like an angel that was shipwrecked. Mm. And it's all these tattered uh, strips of fabric going down this gown with this crazy corset. And and that's when he had like the the like uh, leather um, blazer and stuff with him. Yes, I believe so. But he actually purchased that dress from her. It was like in a random like. So from what what show was that from? You said it's an archive piece. Yeah, that show eighties. Mm, I don't so remember old the year. School, it, old school. it is it is one of Alexander Lee McQueen's greatest pieces ever, and it has so much like historical and fashion importance mm-hmm. because it was one of those shows. Uh, Alexander McQueen uh, did a lot of shows uh, addressing like abuse and women over overcoming abuse. So. 
um, that was the theme of that particular show. I'm blanking on the name, but the fact that like he went to some random luxury consignment shop in Texas, like the gown, it's an iconic gown. It was just in some shop in Texas. And he went out there, got it for her, had it fitted for her, had it reconstructed. She has pieces from the uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier Cyberdots collection, so which is like... I have a question. Do you think that now that they're separated, the people going to stop shipping or finding pieces for her? No. In the same sense? Because Kim, she's already in. She's Kim Kardashian. Yeah, but in the same sense that, you know, Kanye, he no. went out and like he knew I, the significance. So I think like... So he 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 put the battery in her back, but I think she can operate by herself now. Yeah, that's what she. So I think she Kim Kim is Kim. Okay, uh, she's she's achieved the level where no one is gonna take any accomplishments from her. She doesn't honestly. She doesn't need Kanye to be a fashion icon anymore. Um, I think he molded yeah, her. He pointed her in the right direction, which I'm interested to see. Like, is she going to continue go to go? super high fashion is she gonna continue to you know mesh it with the glamour that she was doing before because i think she does it pretty well right Mm now um more interestingly i want to know what type of music we're gonna get yeah that's where i was gonna take it i want to know heartbreaking kanye i want to know it's good kanye because the shit that he's been putting out lately is garbage i don't know we might have to we might have to thank kim for this one i mean i <laughs> um, you know i want to make sure like i want his mental health to be obviously great <laughs> first that's debatable i knew some, no 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 no, 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 no. Joking, i'm joking please that's a joke <laughs> i want no no no, no. That's a joke. we want his mental health of to be course. good we just want him to put that paint on a beat please. yes please put the and paint on the beat. do not of. invite the baby nigga why the fuck <laughs> did you do a song with the baby like Woo, that hurts me so much as a Kanye stan. Nah. To have Kanye release music and no one give a fuck about it because it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what different. happened. That's different. But I, but the thing, too, you think he's more fashion than music now? And, that, and that's why part of the reason why he's been making bad music? I think he's more... I don't know. Because an argument can be made that his... Like obviously he's, we know him as a musician, and but he's always, always wanted to be known always. for his fashion. So, and then he's at a point mm-hmm. now, regardless of how you feel about Yeezy, that he has pull. Yeah. He is a billion dollar company. Um, yep. He's not on the board of Adidas. He should be. But um, point being is that. Debatable. <laughs> okay. That is point, debatable. Point being is that, you know, he, he he's making clothes now. So you think that he's going to have. Yeah, but Do you his think clothes he needs to aren't stop profitable. making clothes and then make music? I think he needs to stop making clothes. He can keep making shoes if he wants to. I think he needs to stop making clothes. Mm. they're not good it's okay so i mean uh, like, that's that's a very like harsh opinion but i have never been i like some of his bumpable wear you know his cozy wears i think uh, he has really great sneakers i really like the sweats. heels i like the sweats i don't oh i like the sweats i it's think t- i think okay so i guess because that it, it aligns more so with my style i'm more right. like minimalist right. so like his cuts and stuff they they appeal because they always work well with like his fits with mm-hmm. his sneakers so yes, yes, they're not the most. You know, everybody's gonna look at them as like, oh, that's it, and they're gonna look right. at the price tag. But you know, fashion is more than just the price. There's a reason why the price tag is that they're comfortable. Like if you put on the sneakers, yeah. they're comfortable. The sweats are just some kind of sweats, my friend. Um, they're not that great. The, okay, the quality okay. isn't like Let's outstanding. Agree to disagree. Well, the quality isn't like. Have you have you worn a pair of Yeezy sweats? <laughs> oh okay right <laughs> uh just let the record show that tone nodded his head in defeat i just want that on the record but 
I'm saying like, okay, yes, there's there's luxury loungewear. There's there's shit that is worth your three hundred dollars for a pair of sweats. There's right. cashmere materials that will transport you to a cloud of clouds. That was not Yeezy. Nah, I feel you. It, I, I mean, I get, I get it. Like I'm, not to diminish it because I I genuinely really do love the sneakers. I really do love the heels. There was some interesting knitwear going on. Um, what he was doing with like the uh, Eskimo inspired the last collection that he had. There was a lot of like Eskimo and like Native Alaskan references in that that were super cool. But mm-hmm. like to me, I don't know. I just he he him and Virgil do the same thing where it's like. They are extremely talented in one area, but because they are regarded as like the Genius. only black men or, mm-hmm. and geniuses in their field, they are pushed into positions where they have to spread that talent across everything, and it doesn't necessarily translate translate yeah. really well, in my opinion. Which goes into a different argument. If you know you're not good at an area, and I know it's hard to admit it, mm. find somebody who is good in that area, and that's how well, you... That's what Virgil does. He works. He he works. With, he collaborates. That's no shade. You're looking at me like I said that in a shady way. No, no. I was, I'm I'm throwing shade. Not, <laughs> not not you throwing shade. I don't know. But, but go ahead. I mean, that's what Virgil does. He works with. He collaborates with really great artists who are like you know print artists, photographers, uh, poets, and he uses that to steal. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that one. Um, allegedly, allegedly, say, you know, for legal purposes. Allegedly, he 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 actually collaborates with a lot of great artists, though. Okay, I mean, I, I'll have to do my research because I'm definitely talking without doing research. But yeah, mm-hmm. and some shit is just like, uh, Virgil really. But it is what it is, you know. They're in a position. Shit, we might. I mean, maybe Virgil and Kanye will give us some type of collection soon. Together or what? I I would love to see because you know Kanye wanted Kanye wanted Virgil's position. Kanye wanted to be the director of menswear at Louis Vuitton. Bad. So I would love to see some type of collaboration on a collection one day. I think that would be dope. Yeah, that would be dope. Like comfortable wear. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if that would happen though. It would fly for fly the shelves. But do you think it would, something like that could happen? I, I feel like because it hasn't happened already, it probably won't. Won't. Yeah. And what what do you think is the biggest roadblock? Is it ego? Is it because ego? I think Kanye they they both are wildly successful in right. what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see them coming together because why wouldn't they have they they've been at the top of their game for a long time now. If if they wanted to, they would have at this point. I hear you. I hear you. So how do you? So what do you? Uh, you know we can we can show that because I was gonna talk about Gap and I don't want to I know how you feel about the Gap collection. I just hope we I hope we it sees the light of day at this point. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had any type of updates or anything. Yes, yeah, this you know this panorama that we're in. It's just... been a little spooky. It's been quiet, and especially since the Telfar Gap collab allegedly was shelved to make room for the Kanye Gap collab. If we don't get either one of those, I'm gonna be very fucking disappointed. Yeah. I guess we have to wait. Everybody has to wait and see. It's freaking Yeah, once this pandemic goes away, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We have an artist without his muse and a muse without his artist. Which so. sort of leads to like the next topic, right? Yes, that leads perfectly into this episode's main topic, which is Rihanna and LVMH. Mm. So last Wednesday, the huge fashion conglomerate con- 
<laughs> Last Wednesday, the huge fashion conglomerate LVMH, Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton announced that they would be ceasing operations with Fenty, which is Rihanna's luxury clothing and accessory line, after less than two years. So, obviously, anything Rihanna-related causes a big stink on social media. So, there was a lot of, lot of hot takes. Um, and a lot of people that I feel like did not read the article because <laughs> there was a lot of blaming uh, being thrown around and it was like I don't think people like reading articles. I don't. I think people they, like reading headlines. The, yeah, you see the you see the headline and it's just like oh let me react with the headline. Yeah, and that's why I commend uh, Twitter for having that. Did you read this article first before you? Yeah. Read oh yeah. Cool. Shout out to Twitter for that. <laughs> they knew what they were doing for sure. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So this brings up a couple of questions about Fenty as a brand and how LVMH handled the property. So. Mm-hmm. Did you have any, like, experience or exposure to Fenty? In terms of what? Anything. L- like, buying it or anything? Anyone that you saw wearing it, no, buying it? not really. It. That, and, that, and that's the thing, too. Like, I heard about it, and then I didn't really see, like, it being PR'd at yeah. all. I didn't see, like, artists yeah. with the, oh, I got a Fenty box. You know yeah. how Ivy Park does that? Oh, yes. Absolutely. So, so, to answer your question, no, I did not. Yeah. So, I think that leads into, like the first issue that I want to bring up, which is the actual structure of the business. Mm -hmm. So Fenty was a high-end luxury brand that had a drop rollout, Mm -hmm. which means like they were dropping new like mini collections every month or so. Um, It didn't follow like a traditional seasonal collection structure like many other LVMH brands. Um, They also did not have any runway shows and they didn't really have any presence outside of social media. And even in that, they didn't have a lot of like paid ads or influencer marketing. It was literally just like off the strength of the Instagram page and then Rihanna occasionally tagging them. So I think that kind of brings up like a couple of red flags. Um, And that's not even considering like the pricing which was luxury pricing um i did note that in the article it's actually cited that when rihanna was deciding to create the fenty line she was advocating for lower prices so her fan base could actually purchase it but the big heads at lvmh said you know there's only so much pull or push we can give with you so they did actually lower the prices from what was originally projected but obviously still not accessible to the majority of shoppers and especially her fan base and i think that also is going to be like a a main talk a main talking point about what led to the failure right Mm -hmm. because when it when usually when a um artist or celebrity figure um lends their name to like a collaboration mm-hmm. if they're not originally part of like let's say high fashion in this sense yeah then you have to put it to a price point where the people that she normally markets to yep. can afford because that's you know that's where she got her nor nor her famous yeah <laughs> her, her infamy from <laughs> her <laughs> i can't infamy. pronounce words but um yeah, yeah. so and you saw that with the uh, Fenty Puma collaboration. Exactly. Those were affordable. I mean, they were a little bit more expensive than traditional Puma clothes, obviously, but still an affordable price range. And those shits sold quick. Yeah, because, you know, people can't afford that. They can't right. afford $700 t-shirts, $700 dresses. I mean, of course, that's another thing about, you know, 
they're probably not marketing them to the people that can afford it. They are right. marketing it to the people who can. So I think we do need to consider the fact that LVMH owns like all of the high fashion brands, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, they're not aiming to be accessible to everyone. They're the, basically the idea was like Rihanna has established herself as a force in fashion. So we are going to use her imagery to get like, literally just the the three percent of her fans that actually can't afford that because if all of them all if all the people who are inspired by rihanna's fashion purchase this line then in theory we should be profitable obviously that's not how it turned out but that's very much how lvmh approached this brand as opposed to having its own rollout and following a traditional structure and really developing a brand image and i think that's that's the first place they fucked up. Yeah, most definitely. Um, like, Rihanna is a is a visual artist. Rihanna is known like if you look at her Puma collection, if you look at the lingerie collection, she's known for having these insanely high production value runway shows that are super inclusive with all types of skin tones and body types and differently abled people. And my biggest question when I saw this news was, why didn't they give her a runway show? I think because they were trying to f- focus on um, Fenty and Savage. That, but they that, own all of them. They own all yeah. three of those properties. I don't even know. I guess, can you have a runway show if you're going to have, like, the the drops instead of having seasons? Well... Because isn't that how you usually... Isn't exactly. that the reason why they you... They fuck themselves. I think the drop the drop schedule, in, as opposed to, like, a seasonal collection, fuck them up. Because no one is jumping to see you drop like a $300 t-shirt dress or if anything I feel as though they should have if they knew they were going to be targeting only like the 2% of Rihanna fans that could afford it they mm-hmm. should have rolled it out with less items first like let's say focus on the shoes because like and the sunglasses were exactly really like the shoes and the sunglasses those accessories they work because it like it's like mm-hmm. okay this is a really niche market and you know it's going to lend our her brand name to it more better than you know overall clothing mm-hmm. Cause right. I, like just thinking back and trying to like recall, I don't recall any pieces that were really like eye popping. And no. when I think of like Rihanna, I think of eye popping. Everything she does is eye popping. Yeah, it's so like it grabs your attention. So I don't know if it, it's like. And I'm guessing she was the lead designer or no? No, oh. she was like the head creative. Okay, yeah, yeah. but she wasn't actually designing any of the pieces. Yeah, because I know um, she there was a different designer for the shoes and like. Everybody was talking about the shoes, and I. Agree. Well, everyone was talking about the collaboration that she did with Amandi. Yeah, her. I don't not... remember her last name. Yeah, but she. But yeah, but Amandi carries her own hype, which exactly. is why that collaboration was profitable. I will say, um, what the fuck was I just totally lost my train of thought? <laughs> okay, so in the business of fashion article that I was reading about this situation, mm-hmm. uh, they brought up a good point where. LVMH was kind of banking on Rihanna's influence as a style icon, but in reality, the people who want to dress like Rihanna are not likely to purchase her brand, but are still going to purchase the items that she wore. Mm. So if Rihanna is known for pulling off, you know, a crazy denim piece from this brand or that brand people that want to emulate her style are just going to go buy that piece as opposed to this exactly i got you so 
even the 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 business strategy of okay let's let's target you know her most fashionable and high earning fans doesn't make sense because those people are following the trends they're following what she's wearing as opposed to what she's producing Mm -hmm. and i also want to bring up the fact that something that probably and i'm 100 had like a major effect is obviously this pythagorean pythagoras theorem that we're in right it's just like oh the pandemic (laughs) yeah the pythagoras theorem that we're in it, it, well, it halted production and stuff. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if they had anything lined up for future things. Yeah. So, it's like, I think that's what they want. That's wanna, what they cited on yeah. paper. But, like, if we're being honest, like, Savage X Fenty, or not Savage X Fenty, Fenty has been around for, like, two years, and everyone stopped talking about it after the first three months. Yeah, that's So, true. like, we can blame the pandemic for production issues, and maybe there was, like, manufacturing difficulties, and that cost was getting too exorbitant for LVMH but like people stopped caring about this brand yeah, way before the pandemic the theme of all the stories that we talked about is execution and like rollout yep you gotta execute properly yeah and you have you to have make sure to, out yeah you have to niche down you really have to have a marketing plan like if if straight up star power can't carry you then nothing can nothing can yeah you have to be you know you have to be just critical with every choice that you're making make sure that you stick into it and you got to make sure that you support it because that's what we're basically saying right it wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of support in terms of like just making sure that it succeeded because if i'm launching a brand i'm gonna do everything i can and another thing too because you know she probably had her hand in mary many areas that she does yeah you know? she was the creative She's building director. an empire she was everywhere. styling the sh- i believe she was involved in styling the shoots but she obviously was not involved in designing, but she was approving everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as just a thought exercise, if we put like our marketing caps on, mm-hmm. what would you have done differently to keep Fenty afloat? First and foremost, I would like super niche down. I think that that works mm-hmm. best. Once you super niche down, that helps reduce costs and it, and it yep. allows you to focus on who you need to market on. Yep. Like niche, niche, niche is the first thing I'm always going to say about any branding or marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, Secondly, if I'm going to, I'm going to PR it. Like, cause the thing when you use celebrity, you have yeah. to, you have to continue that celebrity aspect of it. Yeah. Like you have to make sure it's constantly in people's eyes. Cause that's what makes celebrities celebrities mm-hmm. that they're constantly going to be in, in front of things. Yep. Um, so you have to make sure that other people are wearing it. Um, like I said, I don't recall anybody ever like saying this is a Fenty piece. I right. don't recall it being tagged in any covers. I don't recall it being like in. Yeah. So no, just, I didn't I didn't think about that. I never saw it placed in any magazines or any photo shoots. So how the hell are you telling me that this is I should be buying from there if you're not styling it for right. people? So that's another thing. So uh, without taking up everything is just those two things. Make sure that it's super niche, like focus what mm-hmm. you want to sell. And then secondly, make sure that it's constantly, if, especially if you, if the reason why you want people to buy is because of the celebrity of Rihanna, mm-hmm. make sure, make sure that people are constantly seeing it in different places yeah. and making sure Rihanna is like prominent up. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. W- I would do the same exact thing. I would cut everything except for accessories and footwear. And I would do maybe not monthly drops because I do feel like that gets a little bit exhausting, especially if the design of your brand isn't the strong point. You're not really like she'd never really served us anything wildly different. Of course, it was all beautiful pieces, but it was giving like, you know, the brand that Zara copied. Um, So I would cut everything but accessories and footwear. And then that PR list for Savage X Fenty, you bitches are about to wear my sunglasses, too. Yeah. 
like just constantly have to it doesn't make like and i understand like i feel like uh like luxury brands kind of are a little bit hesitant to adopt to influencer marketing because it's seen as something so heavily dominated by fast fashion companies i can understand kind of like a reluctance to just send it out to anyone but there are like influencers that are in the high fashion yeah, it space doesn't, it doesn't have to be like every influence it could just be yeah. people who are high fashion or consider high fashion exactly and people who are working in the industry and, and like i said placements like in in magazines obviously that's like stylistic choices but i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure if you, you whisper in people's ears they're gonna listen to you especially yeah if you're gonna say this is to support rihanna i mean yeah i would support rihanna if she i would of give course. her my left lung if we be honest. <laughs> my actual left lung honestly for rihanna anything for rihanna okay so then, go ahead i don't even know what i was gonna say. and i was gonna say and then another thing too that probably i don't know like i like I said, I was, she she probably has her hand in a lot of different things. Like like I said, yeah. she's building an empire, so it's she's hard a to mogul. Fo- yeah, so it's hard to <laughs> focus your energy on that, and that could be part of the reason why I went down. Like especially if mm-hmm. like if you know that okay, I have Fenty, I mean Savage X Fenty, and I can put a hundred percent makeup line. Yeah, I can put a hundred percent of my heart in that because she owns more of it versus mm-hmm. the Fenty that um lvmh owns more percentage and they're and they're doing all this thing saying no you can't do this no you can't do that obviously i'm gonna focus my energy where i can versus you know so i don't know like the actual percentage breakdowns but i i don't think it's well one i don't think it's a significant difference but that doesn't really matter for the point i'm about to make so on the heels of this information about fenty being put on pause Mm. because that's the terminology terminology that they use Um, Forbes also announced that Savage X Fenty, which is her lingerie ro- line, is now worth $1 billion. Round of applause. Round of applause. Yes. Capitalism queen. <laughs> Make that money. So Savage X Fenty recently completed a $115. Wow. $115. <laughs> $115. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't I, even I, fathom amount of this that amount of money. That's, that's why, why I can't say, say it, right? it exactly. <laughs> so a one hundred and fifteen million dollar Series B fundraising round okay. led by L. Chatterton, which is that private equity firm that's associated with LVMH. Yeah. So so basically, they said, yeah, the clothes might be a flop, but these panties, bitch, <laughs> you gonna keep flinging them. Yeah. yeah you yeah. gonna keep flinging them panties, yeah, bitch. And that has to do with price point. It has to do with marketing. Yeah. Everything that wasn't done with Fenty is being done right with Savage X Fenty. Yes. Savage they have X the Fenty. runway shows. Mm-hmm. Literally everything we said the that was wrong. The influencer. Exactly. Game on lock. Please sign me. I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Savage X Fenty recorded a revenue growth of more than 200% from 2019, mm-hmm. which was last year, which is fucking amazing. Which was two years ago. Mm, yeah, what 20, year is it? We're in 2021 now. Oh, okay. Well, I think, I think the, the, the funding was actually completed in 2020. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so in November. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, so extreme, you know, extreme growth trajectory, and obviously LVMH is not abandoning Rihanna or her abilities to be a great marketing or sales mind. They're dub- just doubling down on what's profitable, which is the lingerie. I'm sure, like, some of this funding is probably going to spill over into the makeup line as well mm. because she has just recently dropped the skincare line. I was going to say, then she launched a skincare. Which I haven't tried, but I do. There's a, there's a couple of products that I definitely want to try out 
for that as well but i know her makeup does gangbusters like people people love 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 the makeup as well so yeah i mean more positive news for rihanna of course uh So yeah, more positive news for Rihanna. With this extra million dollars, what would you like to see? Like, what changes would you like to see in terms of Savage X Fenty? Yeah, um, a more thought out male production line. <laughs> you know, yeah. As, as speaking for uh, all the men's all, all across the world. Yeah. Um, you know, while you know we do enjoy a good boxer set, you know mm-hmm. we would appreciate if you know. If the girls are going to get kinky too, why not mm. get some kinky for the boys, like a jock track or something, you know? I'm trying something, to get, you know, Valentine's was the other day, you know, over here. I'm right. pulling out my regular boxes when, you know, Shorty could be biting off my um, jock strap, you know? Uh, like some edible jock strap or something. Uh, something. You know, okay. a little, I need I need a little what? what Like a chest strap or something? I don't know. A harness? A harness, there we go. <laughs> something. I'm so far removed that Denise has introduced it into like, you know. Yeah, I think I listen. I think we, you know, men deserve to be hoes, too. We yes. want to see these niggas in ho attire as well. So I hope the men's line definitely gets expanded yes. and some more interesting pieces. I do hope that the female uh, figure plus size sizes obviously get expanded as well, because while they do have those options, they are never in stock mm-hmm. so maybe more production definitely, definitely yeah so hopefully that that million dollars goes into a, a little bit mm-hmm. of one oh, oh. no go, go it ahead went, it went it went from 115 dollars to, to one million. you're getting close you're getting close to manifesting <laughs> manifesting manifesting <laughs> let's get yeah. it <laughs> let's start with 115 dollars um <laughs> now you talking but <laughs> if i look at my wallet <laughs> Right. See, we're not used to this level of success, so we're just going to praise it for Rihanna. Exactly. Shout out um, to you, Rihanna. Shout out I love to you. you. We love you. Our patron saint, really. Um, but yeah, so the last point on the Fenty debacle, obviously social media loves a comparison. They love, uh, especially when it comes to our lovely black women in these positions, they love comparing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people said that it doesn't make sense that Rihanna's line is being canceled after two years after, uh, and especially since there are other celebrity lines such as Victoria Beckham's line, which has never been profitable from what I understand. And also there are, uh, there's another celebrity brand called the row Mm -hmm. that's done by the Lohan sisters, which actually is commercially successful. Mm -hmm. But just for now, I want to know how you feel about the takes that LVMH are kind they both owned by LVMH, the two brands you mentioned before we speak? No. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Victoria <laughs> Beckham's is not owned by the LVMH. I'm not sure about the row. The row might be. Okay. First and foremost, if they're not owned by the same companies, then you can't compare them because it's right. two different decisions. Right. And then secondly, um, it was a mutual decision. Uh, Rihanna said she wanted to stop it. At least that's what there was reported. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like... I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that we don't know about both parts of the deal. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, and and if it's true that it's on hold versus canceled, then it makes sense. Right. Like we said, we're in a panoramic, and it's it makes a lot of we don't know how life is gonna move moving forward. You know, a lot of production has to be stopped. Let's focus on what's making us money. You know, as business people, right. and later on when you know things start to get back to quote unquote normal, 
then we can start seeing how we can get this back. You know, obviously, hopefully, if somebody on Rihanna's team is listening to this podcast, you take some of the notes that we were saying. Yes. And you make Please sure that. Hit us up at contact at samplesizepodcast.com. What she said. And make sure that, you know, niche it down. Make mm-hmm. sure that you PR them properly and just put the marketing dollars, man. Uh, and my thing is with that, like, people really do not be reading because in the same article, it states that LVMH is also cutting two other lines. I believe one is like a footwear a, a sh- shoe line. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the other one was, but like Fenty is not the only one getting a chop. Yeah, you got to Like all these companies care about is that bottom line. They want right. to make sure they can report back to the investors that okay. And they know Rihanna so is so a money maker exactly. regardless. So, yeah. So yes, it hurts that you have to pause, but if it if it's true, if it's pause versus like I'll understand if it said cancel outright, then mm-hmm. I'll can understand the outrage. But if we're gonna take them as a word and say that it's pause. Yeah. then yes, let's just wait and see what happens. If they end up canceling it, then we can continue the outrage. But yeah. if they don't, they bring it back. Let's just, you know, give our, you know, good graces to Rihanna the God. She does what mm-hmm. she does. You know, she... I do think uh, that the Lohan sisters do kind of deserve a shout out for The Row. Mm. So if you don't know, The Row is... Yeah, I'm not familiar. It's, it's basically like, you know those memes that are like, billionaires don't ever wear uh fendi prints down Da-na-na-na. they never waste their time on oh, yeah, on whatever like, yeah uh, but then like a billionaire is wearing like a 300 hundred dollar t-shirt yeah, like, like the row is mark zuckerberg mark like, zuckerberg oh, no, he's a billionaire wearing... he doesn't wear gucci <laughs> exactly nah, the, the <laughs> three thousand dollar white t-shirt so the row basically is three thousand dollar basics okay. they do have like uh, my favorite thing from the row is they, like they have crazy like uh, trench coats, mm-hmm. um, really interesting designs, really cool tailoring, but it is very like super wealthy, super minimal, super like New York depressed rich girl chic. <laughs> depressed. Have yes. you in the depression? I mean, if you've looked at the Lohan sisters, mm-hmm. that's that's what it looks like. That's what their clothes look like. I will give the Lohan sisters props because while the row is owned by celebrities, I do not consider it like a celebrity brand. They No, have- my question is why not? So if you didn't know, if you weren't into like fashion, the fashion industry and you were just in Nordstrom, you would never know that the row was owned by celebrities. They don't put like the Lohan sisters name or face on any of the brandings. So pretty much by not attaching the celebrity to the clothes, that's what not makes it. Exactly. Like they came in, they came into the industry extremely humble um, they understood like the design process. They got the right team. It's self-funded, mm. so it wasn't like uh, LVMH and Fenty, where LVMH is this huge conglomerate. And like, while they're really good at like acquiring brands, mm. they're not really very good at developing new ones. Mm. Um, the row is completely self-funded, so they did it all by themselves, whichever that means for you know wealthy white women. But mm. they did do it. <laughs> by themselves yeah. like right i can't say they got out the mud but yeah, you know I, I they did you. they did do it uh um by themselves and they don't even like like the lohans aren't celebrities to me like they're famous of course you know from our childhood and we remember who they are but they don't like engage in the celebrity game that would give them the advantage that rihanna has you know i'm thinking that they were twin sisters but i'm just realizing that's just a movie it's three of them <laughs> it is no yes but, wait, are they twins? mary Kay and ashley okay now i'm confused are twins okay right but wanda from wandavision is another sister. wait you said lohan like Lindsay lohan or are you talking Olsen's. about oh you've been saying lohan this oh whole my time. god <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the like lohan i'm like play. i'm like Lindsay. okay it's oh Olsen. okay okay wow 
gag. That's how you know I don't buy the fucking row. <laughs> no. I, I was like, Lindsay Lohan has sisters? Because, can I be honest? They're both like white girls that were really famous from our childhood that okay, have cracked now it makes faces. Sense. Okay. Now that, it makes oh, God, them cracked elderly yeah. faces. That's not nice. Yeah. That's, that's not nice. But go ahead. Go but ahead. they all have a very similar Caucasian aesthetic. Okay. And you telling me Wanda from WandaVision is she's the sister. Really? She not she's not one of the twins that owns Obviously. the row. Uh-huh. I don't know if she's older or younger, but they're all Olsons. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. And I like, gotta look into that one. They have this it's crazy. They have the same face. Mm-hmm. Wanda from WandaVision, that's not her name. That's not Why her do name, we keep but, calling her? But that? that's just so you can know who we're talking about. She looks a little she looks more youthful. I think that's Marvel mm-hmm. keeping her youthful. <laughs> but the yeah, the, the Olsen twins. Okay. Them bitches been rich since okay. we were in Diapers. Okay. What's bitches. the name of the show? Um, Full House. Yeah, Full House. There yeah. yeah. Wow, I really called them the Lohan twins. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, <laughs> I was like Lohan. I was like, I was, I was, I started thinking parents. I'm like, oh I thought I was God. just a, a fake. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not an episode of Sample Size Podcast until I say something wrong. <laughs> we pronounce a name wrong. No comment. No comment. I mean. I mean, I'm gonna have my own. Listener. I just want everyone out there to get prepared for what it is because I have yeah. no dedication to getting these names right. <laughs> Language is made up anyway. Who cares? There, there we go. That, we can go, we can turn this into a psychology <laughs> podcast if we want because we can get deep. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So my point being, the row is not a comparable brand to Fenty either because they kind of came in determined to stake their own claim mm-hmm. and not rely on who they previously were. Not that that was Rihanna's intention, but that was definitely LVMH's intention, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, let's let's talk about how big brands like to use celebrities for their yeah. agendas, and then when the agenda is not working, they'll throw away. That 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 I guess that's part of the conversation we were having. But mm-hmm. we, I would have to do a little more research to see the trend. But I believe that's probably a trend that works. I think our girl is our our girl Rihanna is too smart for that. Yeah, she knew. That's yeah. why she has three ventures under the same conglomerate. Okay, one isn't working. Cool. We're just gonna divert attention and capital to the yeah. one that is working. Girl, let's get that money, man. I'm just Period. happy for her. Love you. You know, we would love some music, but you know, send at the me same some panties. T- you don't have to give us an album. Just send me some panties, please. <laughs> at the same time, just get your coins up. Yeah. Period. All right. So I think that's going to be the end of Sample Size Podcast episode, episode two. Yeah. We 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 were, we met, we had a little error here and there, but hey, like we said, it's the beginning, man. It was we're not professionals. Crunchy. It was a little hairy, but you're not listening to us for a perfect podcast. So. Not yet, at least. <laughs> or ever. Yeah. Let's be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> not for that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's gonna be the end of episode two of Sample Size Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a like. Nope, this is not YouTube. <laughs> yeah, please rate us on wherever platform you're using to listen to this. Give us five stars. Leave a, a review in a review section. Um, please reach out if you have any comments you wanted to make sure we got to know. Um, yeah, come some, talk to us yeah. on Twitter. We're super friendly. Yeah. We're at Sample Size Pod on Twitter. Same username for Instagram. If you need to contact us for any inquiries, comments, or you know, just to see how we're doing, you can contact us at contact at samplesizepodcast.com. And if you want to uh, reach us out on our personals, my social media, my Instagram is Tone Bone, T O N E, a period, B, the number zero. And E, and then on Twitter, it's the same thing is T O N E, except it's the underscore B, the letter zero, I mean the number zero, N E, and that's again tone bone. 
And my social media accounts are Yano with two E's on Twitter and Yano with one E on everything else. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Bye.